just don't know. I'm going to be able to say anything but just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus loves you so much. He loves every single one of you. Whether you're a mother or not, every person that is here today, he brought you here. And he brought you here to bless you. Thank you, Billy, for all those precious things that you said. I tell you what, my heart is overflowing with gratitude to God for my heritage that I'm going to share in just a moment, but also for my children. I thank God for a son and two daughters and seven grandchildren. I thank him because those are his special gifts that he has loaned and entrusted to me as their mother and as their grandmother. They are gifts from God that give responsibility, that bring responsibility to me. And I know that. And my prayer is that I will fulfill my responsibility and do what pleases the Lord. And my prayer is today that all of you that have come will also realize you have a great privilege if you have children, if you have grandchildren, or if you're just a beautiful, wonderful, created person that God has made. One thing I know, we all have a mother. All mothers are not the same, but we all have a mother and everyone is here today to receive a blessing. I know that. I want to, first I just want to say a prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus, my Savior and Lord. And I ask you to anoint me. I ask that the words that I speak will be powerful and will resonate and will bless the hearers today. In Jesus' name, amen. Abraham Lincoln said, All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to my angel mother. George Washington said, My mother was the most beautiful woman I ever saw. All I am, I owe to my mother. I attribute all my success in life to the moral, intellectual, and physical education I received from her. I want to say what the Lord says, however. You know, because everybody doesn't have that kind of mother. But I will tell you what the Father God has said about that. Some of you may be here today with a very hurting memory when you think of your mother. Various reasons for that. But I can tell you, 
God is not unaware of you. The Lord says this, that he will be a mother to us. You see, he can be whatever we need him to be. It might be that we need him to be a father, a mother. He said he sticks closer than a brother even or a sister. You might need him to be a husband because tragedy has taken your precious one. But I want you to know today, because it's Mother's Day, he says in Isaiah 66, 13, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you will be comforted over Jerusalem. He said, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you, every single one of us today. This is very, very important. God's word records many outstanding mothers. I want to mention just a few of them right now. Eve was the very first mother. In Genesis 3.20, it says, The man called his wife's name Eve, Because she was the mother of all living. Pretty special. Mary was the mother of Jesus. Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist. Jochebed was the mother of Moses. Sarah was the mother of Isaac, who was called the son of the promise. Hannah was the mother of Samuel, who became one of Israel's greatest prophets. There are many others in the scripture that could be mentioned also. However, today, I want to pay a special tribute to my mother in heaven and possibly even being able to witness this today. Her name was Mary Elizabeth. Mary Elizabeth. Proverbs 31 says, we've already mentioned, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. Her children rise up and call her blessed. I thank God for giving me a godly mother. She had four children. I'm the firstborn and the boss. Don't you forget it. (laughs) I love that part. (laughs) And I'm named Mary Carolyn after my mother and my aunt. My sister Martha came a couple of years later, Martha Ann. I have a sister, Brenda Lou, who lives in St. Petersburg. And I have a brother, Charles Ogden. They're amazing. I love my siblings. They love God because we were raised by a godly mother. Mothers pay attention because it matters. What you teach your children, teach your children well. Teach your children what Billy said. Jesus loves you. 
God has a special plan for your life. And he wants to guide them through their life. My mother gave her heart to the Lord when she was just 13 years old. She was just a young girl. But my mother's life was not an easy life. I was always close to my mother. She was truly my best friend. I loved her with all of my heart. I honored her and I respected her. I was taught to do so. She was not a pushover by any means. But she was a mother who loved her children. She said we were her hothouse plants. We weren't weeds that just do whatever. Talk any way you want to. Do whatever you want to do. Yeah, you might do it. You'd face my mom. You, don't, you wouldn't want to do that. <laughs> Nana was strong. I remember my mother more than one time encouraging me with these words. She said, honey, I want you to stir up that gift that is within you. Just like the Apostle Paul told young Timothy to do. Paul told Timothy that you, Timothy, have the same gift in you that was in your grandmother, Lois, and in your mother, Eunice. But, she's, but he said, Timothy, you need to stir that gift up. You've got it. But stir it up and use it. I hope somebody's receiving this commission today. My mother told me that. She said, you've got the same gift in you, honey, that your grandmother Lula had and your mother Mary has. And God has given it to you. Now you use it. It's important. My mother had two specifically favorite scriptures. One was Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good for those that love the Lord, for those who are the called according to his purpose. Is that, does that apply to you today? Then thank him because he's working all things today for your good, whatever that might include. He's working it out right now. She also put on every single birthday card or letter, everything that she sent, sent any one of us. I, can, I could ask Billy and Lisa. Matthew 6.33. Because this was what she said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these other things will be added unto you. But there is a condition with a promise. You see, the Lord always gives us not just a promise. We're not little spoiled children here. Just command, command, command. No, he gives you great and precious promises. But he has a requirement. You have a part. Seek first the kingdom of God, and he's going to give you everything else that you could possibly need. Our family, our family 
early on, were Southern Baptists. Now, don't hold that against us. We got Bapticostals right in here right now. We were Southern, good Southern Baptist people. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. But one day, my precious grandmother had suffered and suffered for years with what was a sinus condition that gave her much pain, excuse me, major headaches. And she was sharing that one time with a friend of hers that she had met through real estate. And the friend said, you know, does your church pray for sick people? My grandmother and and, and family at that time went to the biggest, very prestigious Southern Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina. They were uppity. You know what I mean? They were big and, and they knew it. And grandmother said, my grandmother said, no, we, don't, we don't, haven't done that. I don't know anybody does that. She said, well, we do. At our church, we have a little prayer meeting. And if you will come, we will pray for you. My grandmother went to this little prayer meeting. It wasn't held, it wasn't a church service. It was just a special prayer meeting. And she said that they put her in the middle of a circle of believers. And she said, they said, we're going to pray for you and we're going to anoint you with oil. That God will heal you. I want you to know that God did just exactly that. When they believed in faith and anointed my grandmother with oil, she was instantly healed and delivered and never suffered another horrific migraine headache from the sinus condition that she had ever the longest day she lived. She said, well, I got to know more about you people. Who, what, where, where do y'all go to church? I mean, what, tell me about it. They said, well, we have a little Assembly of God church, Pentecostal church, and we would love for you to come. Now, understand, we today, the Assemblies of God is the largest Pentecostal denomination in the world, and we have mega churches. That wasn't so then. This church was a little small church over on the wrong side of the tracks. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And if you went to that church, you weren't quite as uppity. <laughs> but Granny, my precious saint, sainted grandmother said, you know what? Those people, she went to a service, several of them. She said, they've got something. And it's real. And I want it. And she took our family at that time, my mother, and they began to go to that church. Okay, that's my grandmother. My grandmother plays a very important role in my life. I loved my grandmother. I loved my grandmother with all of my heart. And do you know what? She loved me. She loved Martha. She loved Brenda. She loved Charles. She was a wonderful grandmother. She was a businesswoman. My grandfather and my grandmother had a very large, lucrative real estate company in Greenville. He was the broker of the office. 
and <clears throat> there were about 50 employees. That's a lot, especially there. But my grandfather and my grandmother were opposites. My grandmother became a Pentecostal Christian and served God with all of her heart, mind, soul, and body. She did everything that she possibly could to bless other people. She even used to sell Bibles at one point, and they called her Mrs. Bibles, because every time you saw my grandmother, she had a Bible. But my grandfather, very unfortunately, when he was just a young man, 18 years old, they drafted him, and they sent him to war, World War II. And the boys that were drafted then, that, you understand, he didn't particularly want to go, but he was called to go. They had to face horrific things. They had to kill or be killed. And these boys, young boys, were given beer freely so that they could face what they were asked to do for their country. My grandfather, because of that, became an alcoholic. Now, you say, well, he could have not chosen not to do that. You know, I used to not understand that, but I don't believe that today. I believe that there are people who are predisposed in their chemical makeup to become, with a very, very uh, soon after taking things, various things, they have a predisposition toward addiction. It's a proven thing. It's a proven fact. It's true. My grandfather, I don't believe he chose to be an alcoholic, but he became and was an alcoholic. Now, my grandmother and my grandfather, as I said, complete, total opposites. My, my grandfather was a businessman, very, very intelligent. He ran his business well through the week. He was what they call a functioning alcoholic. On the weekend, he drank. It was horrible. Horrible, horrible. He wouldn't say darn sober. The word would never come out of his mouth. Drunk, which is what he did on the weekends, there was not a curse word that he would not say. So needless to say, as I said before, my mother did not have an easy life. This and for very various other reasons. But I want to tell you something real special here. The good, the good news. God hears your prayer. Mothers, don't give up. Never give up praying and asking God to intervene in the hardest of cases my grandmother would get up early, 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 go out away from the house into the garage so she could pray loud for her husband, Jim. Jim Harling. And <clears throat> my grandfather and the rest of the family were all sleeping. 
But Granny would pray and pray and pray. And diff- at different times, he, my grandfather would say, yeah, and, and when he was drinking, oh, I'd start crying, and he'd want help and, 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 and pray for me. And the next thing you know, he was right back, right back. So it was, it was, that was the way it was. One day, grand, my grandmother said she was praying for my grandfather. And God spoke to her, not audibly, but he said clearly, I am going to save him, but I am going to take him. She heard that. She knew that. I'm going to save him, but I'm going to take him. He had never been able to live it. One day, he had a major coronary heart attack. He was only in his 50s. A young man. He had this horrific heart attack. He had been through, he had, he had come through what they called a time when if you can pass this date, you're pretty much going to make it. You're, you're going to make it. He passed that time. I think it was a 10-day period after his heart attack. His family had previously all come down to see him. And the doctors had said, you're doing great, Jim. You're going to be released from the hospital tomorrow. But the day before he was to be released from the hospital, my mother was washing dishes at the sink. You'd have to know my mother. She's a perfectionist. She would never leave a job undone. She said God spoke to her when she was in the middle of cleaning up the kitchen Go talk to your dad about his soul now. I said, oh, okay. And she continued to hurriedly finish. He said, I said, go talk to your dad about his soul now. She said, it was so powerful and so strong. She said, yes, Lord. She, dry, she said, I rest my hands, dried my hands, and I went quickly. She walked into the hospital where her father was, and he was in what they in those days had oxygen tents they put people in. And <clears throat> she walked in, and was, as was his custom, since this had happened to him, every time one of his children walked in the room, he would start crying. Do you know why? Because he had been a terrible father, a terrible father, an abusive father, not physically, but from his mouth when he was under the influence of alcohol, he said horrible things to his children. You'll never amount to anything. You're nothing but all of what Satan would put into him because you see, he was being controlled. He was addicted and being controlled by a substance that took away his good mind. Isn't that sad? But every time one of, any one of his three adult children walked in there, he would begin to cry. And he would say, I love you so much. My mother, the youngest daughter, walked in. He began to cry. She said, Daddy, don't cry. I love you. But I've come here today for a special reason. Now, understand, he had been told the good news he's leaving the next morning, and he was well. He was 
good. Everything was well, according to the doctor's tests. She said, but Daddy, I came here today for one reason. She said she got right up to his oxygen tent. She said, I came here to ask you today, how is it with your soul? He said, well, honey, I'm so glad you came today to ask me that question because I have just had the best talk with Jesus and everything is fine with me and Jesus. He is in my heart. He has forgiven me and I am fine with Jesus. Mother said, okay, daddy. That's what I needed to know. That's what I came here today for. Okay. The next morning, very, very early, they got the phone call that my mother's father had died. Unexpectedly. They went to the hospital and... The head nurse who was on duty that day said, when the Harling family comes in, find me. Wherever I am in the hospital, find me. I have to say something to this family. So they got her, and she came, and she said, I just want to tell you all something. She said, today, it just happened to be that I was in your father's room, and I, heard, and I happened to be serving him breakfast. I was serving others breakfast. But I just served him his breakfast. <clears throat> and she said, and I turned to the next patient, had my back to him, and I heard him say, well, hello, Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Do you know why God let that precious nurse with all of her busy duties want to tell this to my mother? My, my grandmother couldn't even go. She was actually sick that day. <clears throat> it's because my, fam my mother's family needed to know that Jesus came for him. All of a sudden, he, she said, I looked and there was nobody there. And his, he was gone. That quick. Here, gone. But with Jesus. Don't we have a lot to praise him for today? Oh, yeah. Hallelujah. Glory. My grandfather is up there with a thief on the cross. Sometimes it's, that's just the way it is. But God is faithful. Pray, mothers. Pray, Pray for your children. Pray for your grandchildren. Never quit. Never give up. I have to say something right here. My mother was a praying mother. She told me one time she was in a service. And the speaker said, you know, I call every name of my children Oh, hallelujah, saint of God. Oh, yes, that's Pat Simon's mother. She does it. Glory to God. And listen, sweet sister. Listen, 
She said, and he says, I called them by name audibly. And I covered them with the blood of Jesus. And she says, and I call my, and he said, I call my grandchildren by name because he knows their name. And I cover with the blood of Jesus. And he said, do you do that? I'm saying today to you, to you, to you, wherever you, whoever you are and wherever you are, do you do that? Because he said to my mother, not just to my mother, but to the throng of people that were there. If you don't, who will? Who will? And this saint of God sitting over here in the wheelchair this morning. Oh, hallelujah. What a saint. Let me tell you, if you ever want to get blessed, if you ever want to, if you ever want to get blessed, get around her because she's going to bless you. She does what my mother learned to do and what my grandmother did. And, and, and you do it every day. Am I right? Every single day. Her entire family is covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm not saying that others aren't doing it. Oh, no, I'm not saying others aren't doing it. But you better be doing it. Because if you don't, precious friend, we don't know who might be out of that covering. And let me tell you, it does matter. Oh, it does matter. I know that there were times that the devil try, has tried to kill me. I was in a serious automobile accident. I was just a young, young girl. Billy was just a few months old, actually. And I was hit. A friend of mine was driving the car, and I was hit on the right-hand side. And the car, I'd just gotten out of the car. I had seatbelts were just in. And I'd taken my seatbelt off. And this car hit us broadside on my side and crushed the car, never put the brakes on, all the way in to where I looked like I was the driver of the car, but I was the passenger. The driver actually wasn't hurt. My collarbone was broken, and I was the one that was injured. But do you know what? Let me just tell you one thing. The angel of the Lord said, "Uh uh-uh, only so far. You cannot have her. There have been other times when I know it was a close call, but the blood of Jesus, because my name was called. My name was called. And there were times, friends, I can tell you honestly, I didn't call my own name. Wasn't even praying some days. But somebody was. Somebody was praying for me. And somebody is praying for you. And I want you to know also that my mother had there there were just there are various things that except for God bringing her through she would not have been able to have lived the life that she did live but mother taught us something very, very special. And I own, there, are, there are just certain things I want to make sure that I get said today. She taught me this. It's important to go to church. It is important to take your children to church. 
Because, let me tell you why. She believed the scripture that says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. God will bring your children, even if they stray, he will bring them back. He will bring them back. Oh, yes, he will. Give him praise. Yeah, give him praise and glory. He will bring them back. But if you don't train them up in the way they should go, you can't claim that promise. And it's a big promise. It's huge. And the other thing that's so special is Jesus, the scripture says, believed in going to church. Jesus, how do we know he believed in going to church? Because on the Sabbath day, where was he? In the temple. He was found in the temple every Sabbath day, as was his custom. Let me say something. If, if, if it was good enough for Jesus, he considered it important to not miss. Don't you think we might better think about that too? Yes, it takes an effort. And I know a lot of you are here today and, and, and you've gone through extreme physical conditions to be here. Yes, you're maybe even sitting here today in pain. But you came and God is going to reward you for that. Because he considers it very, very important for us to gather together in his house. I want to say also that, you know, when you serve God, if you serve God, God is going to work your life out. He is going to work everything out. Remember the Romans 8, 28 prayer? My father was not wealthy. We thought we were, maybe, we were considered middle class, whatever. My father was an Air Force, career Air Force man. He was a chief master sergeant, went as high as he could go, an E-9 and my mother and dad believed in going to church. They were their pastor's best friends. They went through about four pastors at Suncoast Cathedral. And every pastor that was ever there with Mary and O.B. Richardson, they thought they were their best friends. Because whoever came in next, that's the way they were. They sat right in the very front. Wanted to be on the front row. Very front, right where the pastor, the closest place to the, to the pulpit. Mother said, that way we don't get distracted by other things. My parents were known for something at Suncoast Cathedral. That's a huge Assembly of God church in St. Petersburg, Florida. Very, very large, very wonderful church today. But my mother and dad had this philosophy. My mother was a, the adult Sunday school teacher. My father was the treasurer of the church. But, you know, as in all churches, there's always little tiny little foxes sometimes that want to just tell you something that's going to upset you and make you think, oh, really? Well, I didn't know that. They did what? As soon as my mother or father would hear and understand what someone was getting ready to say to them, if it was going to be tearing down, if it was going to be hurtful, to whomever, a church member or the pastor or whomever, whatever it would be, as soon as they recognized what was being said, they said, oh, 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 hold on just one minute, just one minute. You know what? Go tell them. 
go tell them, whoever them is and whatever the that was, go tell them. And I will pray that God will help you get it resolved. But don't tell me, because I'm not listening. Now, that was Mary and Obie Richardson. Am I right on that? They would not allow it. They said, our ears are not garbage disposals. So don't even try to put it in there because I don't even want it in my mind. Thank you. That's a, good th- that's a good thing to do. And it's doable. Try it. Try it. My, my parents served God. Like I said, my dad was a retired military man. And so you would think that they might have a retirement that might be okay, pretty good, because he was, you know, he had a good, he, he uh, Chief Master Sergeant E-9 had a, good, had a good retirement pay. But if you had known and seen in their retirement years what my parents were blessed to, by God to be able to do, you would have to say, they are wealthy. Those people are rich. Do you know? None of us have done what my mother and dad did. None of us. We've been blessed too. Bill and I have done a lot of traveling. We've been many, many, many times to various countries, but not to compare to my parents. And guess what? They went, just a little example because they were the king's kids. That's what my mother said. She says, oh, honey, don't you know that we're, we're the king's kids? You're the king's kids. Put that chin up. Get those shoulders back. You belong to the king of kings. Surely he's going to bless you. He's, he blesses us in different ways. It's not always monetary. It's, there are many ways that you're blessed. But don't forget to notice your blessings And don't forget to thank him, even for the little tiny ones, or he might think you're not grateful. And if we're not grateful, then that might mean that we're a little bit selfish, so then he can't bless us like he wants to. So let's lay that all down and become unselfish, thankful Christians. I'm just glad I woke up today. Hallelujah! Woo! I'm telling you. I want to tell you something else, too. People have prayed for me, and I know that you prayed for me because that old enemy today at home was trying his best to make me not feel real good. And guess what? I am perfect right now. Oh, yeah, and I know when it happened. I said, Jesus, thank you, Lord. He touched me. Oh, yes, he touched me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And I'm going to tell you this little story, though. My mother and dad, my mother was putting my sister Brenda and Charles through college. My brother went to University of Florida, and my sister was going to an Assemblies of God college at the time in in, uh, Lakeland, Florida. And she was working so that my brother and sister did not have to have any expenses, they could go and just dedicate themselves to their college. They provided a car for Brenda, for Charles. 
and gas, and were taking care of them as long as they did what they were supposed to do at school. And that was really important. But there was a, my mother was working at this little vacuum cleaner store. My mother was cute. She was real Southern. She'd say, I'd say, Mom, how do you say S-C-H-O-O-L? She'd say, school. I said, no, Mom, school. She said, that's what I said, school. (laughs) Very South Carolina. But she was working at Central, how did she say it? Central Vacuum. Central Vacuum. The way she would say it, it was just cute, her little way. Hello, Central Vacuum. She was faithful. She was working for her children to be able to go to college, both of them at the same time. And in the one day, a man walked in, and he was considered legally blind. He, he could hardly make even a shadow. He walked with a cane, and he was legally a legally blind man, able to get around very, very few places, and, and that very, very carefully. He came in one day, and my mother, if you ever met my mother, there's one thing I'll guarantee you. I will guarantee you. You would be witness to, guaranteed. And you would be given a little uh, Bible. How, what must I do to be saved? She would give that to you. I don't care who you were. Girlfriends, boyfriends, didn't matter. They got it. So he came in and he was just asking her questions, probably just, just lonely, just looking for somebody to talk to. And my mother, he began, because she, she did talk to him and she witnessed to him and she was kind to him. He began to come in on kind of like a, a regular basis. And he was telling her how... He really needed help, and he, and he really did. He didn't have anybody to help him with his SSI and to be able to do the various things that he needed. My mother opened her heart and said, I'm going to help you. I'm going to help you. He was getting put out of his place where he was living. She said, you know what? You're going to come live with us for as long as we need to until we can get you the government help to be able to get you into the place that you need to live. You're not going to be homeless. Now, that's a big heart. And let me tell you something. My mom and my dad brought this man into church every single Sunday holding on to their arm, and he had a beard and he had long hair, and he didn't look, I mean, they helped him with his clothes, but, I mean, he wasn't, you know... And, and, and that was difficult. They still brought him. They sat him on the front row with them. He stayed with them. They led him to the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. This is powerful. Hear what I'm telling you. My mother and dad said until they did this, as unto the Lord, and he's going to say someday, when... You're going to say, when did I do these things for you, Lord? He'll say, if you did it unto the least of these, you did it unto me. 
Let me tell you, this was a sacrifice for my mom and my dad because it changed their normal lifestyle. But they were willing to do it. They did it. And this is what God said, okay? Because you have done that, I'm going to do something for you. Because mom said they were never able to put any money in savings for retirement. Just not able to. Until they took this blind man in and took him to church. He became a, a, a saved Christian young man. Until that happened, they were not able to do it. And dad said, but I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, money just began to just come in, extra money. And we were blessed. He said, I began to put it in IRAs and, and various uh, uh, other money markets. And he said, we just began to get so blessed. He said, I would just say to mama, he said, mama, we got to take us a trip. We got to spend $10,000 because you had to spend it at a certain time. I got to go on some of those trips and I was poor. Where's my husband? <laughs> we were, we were pre poor preachers. Martha, you know, the different cruises and things they took us on paid all our expenses because neither one of us could, could do it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been able to have gone. But do you know what? My parents went to Hawaii seven times once a year for a month. Uh, let's see. And how many things can we even say that, 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 that they did? I mean, they went, I believe, almost to every place, every country, they traveled all over the world. They went on a month cruise on the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth II. Now that's something for people that know what something is. <laughs> Whatever that is, <laughs> that's something. They flew on the Concorde. The Concorde, fastest airplane ever, ever created from America to, to London and back. They went everywhere, everywhere. And how in the world could an Air Force man be able to do this except that God supernaturally blessed them and made them wealthy beyond even our ability to, to comprehend it? They were not extravagant as far as their home, their cars, anything like that. Mother said no. I want to travel and dad wants to travel. That's what God is blessing us with because we have health. And by the way, God gave them what mother and dad said. We have divine health. They did have what God has promised because I believe they believed him. They were humble. They were servants. And they were true Christians. I want, I want to say something else. In Deuteronomy, this is, this is something I hope you will listen very attentively to. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, Moses had just been given the Ten Commandments. He called all of the Israelites together. 
to instruct them of God's commandments regarding God's commandments regarding their children. This was not only for them at that time, but it is for you. Put your name there. You, today, right now. This is going to apply to every single one. These words that I command you today shall be upon your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children and to your children's children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Listen how specific God is. A command, by the way. He's talking to us. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. That sounds like he's wanting us to talk about it all the time. Amen. And Brother David, when you said you felt like maybe you were saying too much and pressing it too much, not according to God's word. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. I'm going to say, I want to say this again. I want you to listen to me, please. This, I'm in closing right now. Hallelujah. God, speak into us. Mothers, children, fathers, everyone. This is what he said. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. There's two of mine right there. And to your children's children. I've got three of my little granddaughters right there. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up why is that important it is extremely important because listen this is the way and the only way that they are going to know it if we don't tell them who will if you don't teach them how will they know without a teacher or a preacher It's your responsibility. Now, this is sober. God is going to require, there is going to be a day, and there is going to be a day when God is going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? You, we call them our children. They're his children. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. They are his children. We are entrusted, entrusted to take care of his gift to us. And I want to be on record to have taught my children well. I want to be on record that I can say, I told them about you, Jesus. I taught them. I took them to church. I prayed for them. And they're yours, God. You deal with them because they're yours. And I want to say that applies to my grandchildren too. I love them. I have seven beautiful grandchildren. These parents that are here, I see your precious hearts and your faces going up and down. But you know there may be a mother here today who feels like you've maybe botched it up, like you didn't quite do it right. 
God is a restorer. Remember, he said he will, re- he will give you back what the caterpillar, the canker worm, the palmer worm has destroyed because of the thief. Who is the thief? Satan. What does he do? He causes us to become complacent. He causes us to really get into a, a, a state of slumber. Wake up. It's time to wake up. Time is short. If you read the newspaper, if you know what's going on in this world, God's word, he is teaching us. He said, and when you see these things begin to happen, know that. It's soon. It's soon. And we want to be ready. And I don't want one person in my family to go to hell. Not one. And there is a hell. It's a horrible, horrible, that's a horrible thought to think, but there is a hell where people will spend eternity away from God. And there is also a heaven. And all he wants us to do is accept the sacrifice of Jesus, his son who died for your sins, that we could all be with him forever. He created you unique and special because he wants you to be with him forever. There are... I I want every single person to stand right now. I want every single person to stand. And Mike, I want us to sing that song one more time. We believe. We believe. But I'm going to ask that all the females that can, I know some of you are having to leave and it is a little bit late. I apologize for this time, but I'm going to ask you all of the females that are here, would y'all just come up to the front? Everybody that can possibly make it up here, y'all, the, the, the females, doesn't have to be a mother, doesn't have, you don't have to be a mother, just if you are a female and you can come, if you can't, I understand, some can't come, that's all right, I understand. I want you to get up here and I want you just to be around here. Check two. Because what I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you today to rededicate yourself. I want you to humble yourself. I want you to examine your heart. I want you to see if 